Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. An Oshawa Tim Hortons restaurant closed its dining area. There was fear of drug abuse and violence. Now the counter and the drive-thru will continue to operate. Joe Warmington of the Toronto Sun wrote, quote, it was becoming an unofficial narcotics delivery center. And then Joe this morning wrote another piece, Woke Canada sets its sights on making Anne of Green Gables more diverse. Joe Warmington joins us. Joe, let's start with the uh, with, with, with Oshawa. Here's this iconic Canadian brand, Tim Hortons, and they wave the white flag. Walk us through it, please, for the people who don't know yet. Yeah, it's a, actually a very busy Tim Hortons right on Simcoe Street South. It's... Uh, right near the 401 and anybody who goes to Oshawa usually stops in the Tim's there and lots of seniors in there, Roy, it's a lot of your listeners uh, go in there and you know, you're right. I think that was a good way of describing it because of all the safe injection sites and all the different sort of uh, supply issues around the area. There's so many people that are strung out on these really hardcore drugs, fentanyl, crystal meth, and they call what they call trank, which is some sort of a concoction of all of it. And uh, they're in the sort of uh, ravine in behind there. And, of course, with it being so cold, you know, they're in, they go into the Tim Hortons and, and shoot up in there and, and bother people. And so the staff aren't, aren't feeling safe and the customers aren't. So Tim Hortons just said, okay, fine, uh, no more dining room. Uh, we've seen this in other places uh, as well, but uh, it's the first time I've seen it in Oshawa. So you can go in, to, in, in order to take out and stand out in the cold, but... Thanks to the drug dealers, the drug addicts, and all the issues that go with it, you know, a, a little piece of our Canadiana is being, you know, um, chiseled away. There's, of course, a lot of that, uh, almost the theme of what we're talking about today. It's interesting coming after what the Prime Minister said about being there for each other, all that, you know, that motherhood stuff he says over and over and over. But there's also a reality in the street, and it's unraveling. Canada's unraveling in the street. And that's what we witnessed, uh, Jack Bull and the photographer and I, when we went out there this week. You, you know, Joe, it's um, it, it's so uh, impossible to accept for so many people. And the question then becomes, how did we get from where we are were to where we are today? What do you think? Well, it's complicated. I mean, look, at there's a lot of things that go with it. Um, you know, basically, we're in the throes of a kind of a strange recession. It's a weird one because people, you know, are still trying to truck along. But the minute you get onto these drugs, this fentanyl, the stuff that originally came from China, a lot of it's being manufactured in Mexico now, uh, the police have just you know thrown up their hands because you're one and you're done. You take that once and you're hooked on it. And they're slipping it into marijuana so that, you know, people uh, think that they're smoking legal marijuana, but... You know, it's got a little boost in it. And the minute you take that, your brain doesn't know what brand it is, and it goes to look for it. Before you know it, you're you're hooked on this stuff. And, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people high because of being a street reporter for so long. 
but this is so weird. I mean, you see it, you see the footage of it in Vancouver and places like that, where they are almost like an ostrich or a crane. You stand there, your head is bobbing up and down, and you're completely out of it. Your body doesn't really have any control anymore. And, you know, I, I got to tell you, that really hurt because I wrote about this young woman, Roy. Uh, there was several people there. We focused on a couple of women. One had real black eyes all over her face. Both her eyes had been punched by somebody. And there was another young lady there, and her father actually reached out to me because he, he recognized her, obviously, from the video and from the pictures. And, you know, he bought her the... Um, snowsuit she was wearing uh she's really sick uh you know a major addict and they they didn't know where she was so they were relieved to to see her there uh but you know they've got to get her into a hospital we have no drug rehab you know proper centers anywhere uh that i know of i mean we've got people coming in uh, from all over the world that we can't house and we've got people hooked on these drugs and it's um it's a crisis, and it's a—it's not okay. Like, it's not okay. And I understand that we don't want to pick on the prime minister or the premiers or the mayors and all that every time we open our mouths, but, you know, that is their job. And, uh, you know, we pointed out, it'll gloss over. Thank you, Roy, for bringing it up today, because these are human beings. This is our brothers and That's sisters, right. sons and daughters out there. Yep. You know, I, I really, um, I didn't talk about this, until I saw your, your your column, Joe. But a few weeks ago, I was at a McDonald's in Hamilton, and I wanted to go to the washroom. And the door was locked. So I did what we all do. We wait for the person who's in there to come out so we can go in. And nobody came out. And nobody came out. And nobody came out. And I just stood there. And eventually, somebody in the restaurant said to me, you have to go to the counter and have them buzz you into the washroom because there's been way too much drug activity in this area. And they go, the addicts go to these washrooms and fast food restaurants, i.e. what's happening at Tim Hortons in, in Oshawa, and they and they use them. So now at that McDonald's, you can't go to the can unless they buzz you in. And there is a responsibility quotient that goes with being the manager of a city or the manager of a province or the manager of a nation. You can't just keep relaxing the rules when they're not working, when that relaxation of rules is really not working. And when you see the yellow tape, I saw your photograph in the sun, when you see the yellow tape around the dining area at the Tim Hortons, Joe, it's really, really deeply disturbing. And as you say, there's the human factor. The people who've become addicted to these substances, They're, as you said, somebody's son, somebody's daughter. But the reality is, the reality is, Joe, that we're facing what's in front of us. And now what do we do? Well, I think the, the number one thing is to stop sort of uh, treating it like it's a minor thing. And to say, yep. oh, you just yep. use all the drugs you want. We'll give you the supply. It's, we'll call it harm reduction and all this stuff. That's not working. And a lot of these people are dying. And, of course, the elements help with that. But they're, yes. they're sick. They end up, uh, you know, really, really sick with this stuff. You don't really get out of this easily. And and the other thing is that I know there's people listening from, from all across the country to your show today that are saying, well, this is actually happening in my town mm -hmm. as well. It's not just in Ontario, but all across the country. That's right. Um, and, and I received a lot of uh, emails about that, that people say, what about my town? I know uh, not that long ago I was in Barrie, Ontario, 
and they they had shut down the uh, McDonald's uh, dining area. It's a very similar story. And outside, there was all the same thing. People that are just getting high on this stuff and jonesing for it. And of course, they'll do anything they can to get their hands on it. And yet, every time anybody does any kind of serious crime, with the exception of Tamara Leach, they go to uh, you know, and the the oh the guys that uh, out of coots there that kind of thing. They really throw the book at political prisoners. But the ones that that are you know breaking into houses or holding people up, things like that, they're they're out of bail in ten seconds. Mm-hmm. So we're kicking the can down the road, and you know it's um, I, I think it's a human story. I mean, you know, uh, I really really have been thinking a lot about you know the getting that response from the father. I've reached out to him. Uh, he's trying to come up with a strategy. I don't, you know, he doesn't really know what to do. And uh, but you'd never give up hope, and that's the thing. Like I had uh, somebody who was close to my family that had an addiction like that, and. Eventually, this person did, was able to get, you know, get the better of it and, and move on and be, get married and have a family and all that. So it's possible, and people have to keep the, the hope. Yeah, they do. You and I talked um, day before yesterday, or yesterday, and you told me about the story that you were going to write that I saw this morning in the Sun. And I still had to convince myself that this is true. Here's the headline. Joe Warmington's story, Toronto Sun. Woke Canada sets sights on making Anne of Green Gables more diverse. This is not a new story. This is not something that is brand new to this country. Anne of Green Gables brings hundreds of thousands of foreign visitors to Prince Edward Island annually. Joe, tell the story, please. Yeah, I I was actually on my way to Oshawa when I heard it on EM640, with uh, Alex Pearson, had Tom Korski from Blacklocks Reporter. He does, and his team do a lot of great work like this. And when I got uh, you know through with the Oshawa story, I looked it up and I found the press release. Sure enough, there was a press release from Parks Canada, and there's a whole report about it. It's a big, long report. In essence, what they're saying, Roy, is that they need to upgrade this thing into modern sensibilities, and that you know Anne is is not diverse enough, uh, perhaps too white. They want to bring in people from, you know, experiences, the First Nations, all kinds of different ethnic groups, and sort of include them in the experience down there in Cavendish. And it's like no one's asked for that. And I knew that right away because I have been there. And when I have been there, I've seen people from around the world, from Japan and Asia and Africa and everywhere. They love the story. They like the red-headed, green-eyed orphan girl from Canada. And they're okay with that. In her own way, she was a unique, diverse person for the age. That was the whole point of her story. Told by the great Lucy Maud Montgomery, who wrote 20 novels, 500 short stories, and must be rolling in her grave. Now, they've tried this before because they did a TV show where they made a sassy, ruder Anna Green Gables. Nobody wants them to change anything about Anna Green Gables. She's perfect. Uh, Canada is a great country, and they've got to stop changing everything. They've taken away our first prime minister, They've taken away our great educators like McGill and Ryerson. Uh, they've also removed the statue of Queen Victoria. And now they're going for Anna Green Gable. And, you know, like, if we don't stand up and say enough is enough, like, stop it. And, you know, again, I don't see any politicians speaking out. I only see Roy no. Green, and I'm glad that Tom Korski uh, brought it to our attention. Uh, and, and I'm glad to follow up with it. And, you know, I don't know if there's anything we can do to reverse this, but... You know, it oh, is, yeah. It oh, is yeah. Really look, look, anything can be reversed. 
we're going to find we're going to talk about that in the next hour with uh, Professor Sylvain Charlebois. But uh, you know, c- congratulations to Tom and to um, Black Locks reporter, and of course Alex Pearson, AM six forty. But you know, Joe, I tweeted out after I read your story. Might as well change the name of Prince Edward Island. While this woke crew is at it, surely name shame is just waiting to be identified. Prince Edward Island. Island. Can't Central leave that, Joe. I mean, they, they took Dundas Square. They, they're going to take, you know, Henry Dundas. Apparently, I never even knew there was a Henry Dundas until they decided that 250 years ago he didn't do something fast enough. And and now they're going to call it Sankofa Square. So call what are they going to call Prince Edward Island? I mean, that sounds pretty colonial the way it is. I mean, these people are insane. And, you know, again, if we don't talk about it and run the risk of being called names, et cetera, uh, then they're just, you know, inch take a mile thing, Roy. So let me ask you this. It, Was there any... really ridiculous. Is there any evidence the First Nations asked for Anne of Green Gables to change, to become a diverse? No. No, they don't, they, they, they don't want to change it. You know, I, I think that there's nothing wrong with acknowledging, you know, the if you want to, in a, in a very subtle way, if that is important to the First Nations there. And I think that's all they're really asking for. But, of course, everybody just is going crazy. They want to, you know, make a, a First Nations experience there, along with other things. And over the next 15 years, you're going to see, you know, an enhancement of that and less of and a Green Gables. Look at Lucy Montgomery lived down the lane there through that forest, that haunted forest, and her vision of it is not something that they consulted with their family. You you won't see them mentioned. She has a granddaughter in Toronto, and they, you know, I don't see her signing off on it. Now I haven't been able to get a hold of her to see what she thinks, but I mean, she's prob- probably the only person that might be able to stand up to this. But you know, even like in my, I have a new column up there now. If you want to read it about the Rideau Canal and how. You know, it's minus 17 there uh, going to be tonight. It was minus 18 this morning. And they still don't have the Rideau Canal open because they're talking about climate change, even though it's frozen as a rock. And, you know, like there's no way anyone's going to fall through there. But everything about Canadiana is being either uh, canceled, replaced, or reimagined, Roy. And, you know, if it wasn't for your voice there with laryngitis... (laughs) Out there fighting the good fight. We try to do it at the Toronto Sun, and there's other people that do it. But the public, you have to do it. You've got to tell you know, your politicians that you don't want to see Canada cancelled any further. Well, I would expect to hear from the Prince Edward Island government. Uh, they should be heard from. But there's, there's so much on the table now, Joe. There is so much on the table. Thank you so much for joining us. Always appreciate the opportunity to talk to you, my friend. All the best. I'll be listening in on the advice about how to get rid of that laryngitis. Oh, yeah. All yeah, the yeah, best, right? You could be next. <laughs> I, I hope not. But I hope anyway, not, too. You take care of yourself. Thanks, Joe. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 